This episode of True Sex and Wild Love is sponsored by Sweet Vibrations. Sweet Vibrations, exactly what it sounds like. Beautiful, waterproof, pretty, brightly colored sex toys for a very good time. Like I said, waterproof, rechargeable. They come with a discreet travel case. You get the USB charging cable and wall plug. There is a lifetime warranty. They're all less than $50. How can you say no? I don't know. I mean, it's actually crazy that they're less than $50. Let me tell you that. But this I absolutely love it. Lattes. It really is. And w- my favorite one, just in case anyone's wondering, my favorite one is the tulips because I've never seen anything like this. And let me I, it's such a sweet, sweet, sweet time. Visit sweetvibes.toys and use our promo code at checkout, which is wild, wild love. love. And you get 15% off. In this episode, we're joined by the incredible Lewis Howes, New York Times bestselling author. And he talked to us about breakups. Do we need a whole new language for it? Do we need to call it transitioning relationships? How do we act during and after breakups? What can we learn about ourselves when we end things? Mm-hmm. And this was really cool because Lewis was chill and very uncensored. And he was just sitting down to have a conversation and really opened up about his past relationships and what he learned from his breakups, if we want to call it that, and how he's found his match and brand new magical love in his life. Um, This is really fun because I think you'll see a different side of Lewis that you guys haven't seen before. Unexpected, uncensored. No? Okay. I don't know if this is the first. Uh, this is the first time I haven't felt jealous in a relationship. Really? Oh, or insecure, and it's probably the time I should feel the most insecure because you have so many feelings for her. Or what do you mean? Why? I have a lot of feelings, but she is also like one of the the hottest girls in the world. Like based on society standards of like following, and she's one of the most famous people in Mexico for like her her world. She's a TV personality and does movies and theater, and so she's very like she'll show me that. DMs from the biggest pop stars, mm-hmm. biggest athletes, like the most successful men in the world who are messaging her constantly. And I should be like, maybe I should be insecure, but I'm not. For some reason, I'm not at all. You feel solid in that bond. I feel like I've run through so much dark stuff in relationships. Mm. And I like freed myself from the past relationships that I'm like, I just know I'll be okay. Like if we yeah. don't work out, I'm like, she showed me what's possible, right? And there's going to be another incredible woman who's a great match for me if this doesn't work out. And you're you're taking mm. so much positivity from her, so much into your future, regardless if that's with her or with somebody else. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I was talking to a friend of mine two nights ago about this, who's dating someone like pretty well known as well, and and he's a little younger, and he was a little more insecure about certain things. And I was like, if I was thirty years old, twenty seven, I'd probably be pretty insecure. Like, I don't know how, maybe it's just like, I've just turned 36 and I went through like a pretty bad breakup that felt toxic mm-hmm. that I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like I've gotten over it and I feel free and I'm like. What was your advice to him? If he was like, if he was like feeling insecure, like what would, if you could say something to the younger Lewis or I to know, him. right? When I turned 27, 28, I started dating someone and I asked an older female friend of mine, I would go, what's your best advice? She was like, starve the jealousy monster starve the jealousy, starve the jealousy monster. monster she was and i didn't ha- i didn't know how to figure it out even then what i do was you think trying that means i just think 
most women is a big turnoff when they feel like the man is super jealous. Maybe there's mm -hmm. moments where you're like, oh, that's kind of hot where he's like jealous or whatever about mm -hmm. a guy or something. I don't know. But then it gets to a point, I'm assuming, you tell me if I'm wrong, where you're like, okay, this is really not sexy. But he's yeah. always insecure. He's mm. jealous. He wants to check who am I texting or this and that. Vice versa, if a girl's doing that to a guy, it's not mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. She's always like trying to check your phone or trying to like ask you questions about right. who is that girl? Why'd you go to lunch with her? Or whatever right. it is. You have right, like right. no sovereignty. You have yeah, no life exactly. of your own. Exactly. And I think, I don't know, I just didn't have the emotional capacity to not be jealous when I was younger. You, you, it's a so skill jealous. you developed. It's like a muscle that you built. That? I was so jealous. Yeah. Like super crazy ex-girl. Especially in an open relationship. That's even harder. Well, know? okay. No, no, no. I was super jealous before the open relationships. Uh, All my past relationships, I was going through phones. I was the one that was like really? you know, breaking into the phone and like, Looking, looking for the passwords. But it was all yes, it was all projective identification, right? Because yes. you were the one who was cheating. Right. And I you were super jealous. And I was super and jealous. You were like, he must be doing this. Right, exactly. Right. And then I, I got into an open relationship. I know I was like, I know all of your games. I know all your fucking games, wow. right? Because I'm <laughs> because doing I'm them. doing them and I'm really good at it. <laughs> 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 and then I got into an open relationship and it was like it was almost I had to I almost feed the jealousy monster to the max to where it was like a buffet and you know, just exploded. Like I I had to just break down You had to surrender everything. all of it eventually. I had eventually. to surrender it, yeah. And figure out why was I actually wow. jealous and why was I looking for the, through the phones and why was I the one cheating, looking for validation and acceptance in other people because it's not just that. It goes deeper into like childhood trauma and right. wounds and you know, my own insecurities. And so the open relationship is what kind of flipped that on its head. Now, I still, ha I still have like jealous tendencies. Like yeah. I still get jealous every once in a while. And I don't think, I think that's something that people don't talk about enough is like they, always, they think jealousy is so bad and that we should never have that emotion or feeling ever again. But it's like, you're gonna have it a little bit. And you know what? Or How a do lot. you deal with it and why? Right. Yeah, I, I've only had maybe one moment in the last five, six months since we've been seeing each other, this new relationship. And she's in a theater uh, in like a play where six times a weekend she's doing a theater like in front of a thousand people. Wow. And she has to kiss a guy at one of the moments. And so I've never <laughs> been in a situation where like I was Ooh. with someone who's like an actor or did something like this. Mm -hmm. So in my mind I was like, okay, that kind of sucks. But wow. I met the guy beforehand. He's like an older married guy. And I was like, oh, he's like a brother, whatever, you know. And it's not, I said, don't use your tongue. That's what I said. I'm like, oh, no tongue. And you he told was, it to him? I told it to him. <laughs> he goes, of course. He's like, it's just like make believe, but they're just like a pack, right? Whatever. Yeah. But I remember I watched it and I had like a moment of like, oh, it's happening. It's about to happen. Oh, they're like coming close. <laughs> and like my girl or whatever is now about to kiss another man. Right Ooh. and it, in front of a whole lot in of in front people. of a thousand people, but I think because it was in front of so many people that it made it better. It's like not because it's staged, because yeah. it's staged, mm -hmm. because it's not some secret private thing. Right, it's like I knew this in my mind. I could ration like this is a performance. You know, she's in love with me, and this man. It's just like whatever. They're friends, and so there was nothing like funny happening behind the scenes. There was no like weirdness. Right. They weren't like doing role playing alone in their in right. his house. Like. No going over the lines or something. It was like a Let's quick- Let's rehearse this game. Yeah, it was exactly. literally yeah. a performance. It's a performance. And so I had a little bit of jealousy like afterwards. Like I remember I didn't want to kiss her 
like after oh, the performance. You didn't. I was like, felt a little weird. You needed I was to. Like, yeah. But then I haven't thought about it since Did then. you say anything about it? We talked about it for a minute. Well, here's the thing. She told me beforehand, she was like, I have to kiss someone in this play. And I was like, okay. So she told me. Right. But now what I didn't realize is she had to kiss two people. Hmm. And so <laughs> at the end of the play, I'm thinking, okay, the pain is over after I watch this. But then there's another man she has to kiss at the end <laughs> that she didn't tell me about. Oh, So I was almost more upset that she didn't tell me there was two people. Yeah. Because I was like, I felt like you kind of left that out. Mm -hmm. And she was like, like yeah, they put that in kind of last minute, but I didn't think it was a big deal. You know, it's just a performance. But I think for me, I was like, if I wish you would have told me that you had to kiss two people, then mm -hmm. I don't think I would have been as upset. Right. So I had you're like, in the know. Then I'm in the know. Then I'm not like right. off, you know, I don't know, shocked by it. So it was that and one night I was kind of like, all right, I don't want to kiss you for the next hour. And then I got over it and the next day and everything's been fun. You got so over it. I got over it really fast because I was like, I can hold on to this and be upset and ruin my life mm -hmm. and her life with my anger or jealousy mm -hmm. or I can communicate my needs right. and make a request and just say, okay, if you have to do another movie or something like this in the future, just tell me beforehand what you have to do. Just tell me. Or communicate, yeah. Right. And nothing has... You know, it's been everything's been good since then. I talk about that with some of my clients when it comes to relationship coaching, particularly in open relationships, is like offering up information instead of having your partner have it have to like find ask out later, one yeah. and find out I and see. constantly wonder and, and ask specific questions. It's like if you know your partner needs to know this or should know this or may want to know it, just offer up the information because then it allows you both to feel like you're in the know and you're in this together. And you have this- That's the worst when you're not in the know. When yeah. you find out later, you feel like you knew all along and everyone else was into the secret, but not me, mm -hmm. the person you're supposed to love the most. Mm -hmm. And that can be very hurtful. Oh, very hurtful, oh, right? It can Even just in like friendships or anything derail, It can matter. derail a relationship completely. So what can someone do if they feel like they've been out of the know and they were hurt in that way where there's something intimate whether it was a performance or whether it was like an open relationship, what can they do in the future? How can they have that conversation to say, this is not okay with me? Like what you, you did, you know, keeping me out mm -hmm. of the know. Yeah, right. I think it's just like you said, having the conversation and realizing that if you don't have the conversation, it can ruin your night or the yeah. relationship or anything from that. So it's just like, hey, babe, you know, this was really challenging for me. And in the future, I think it's important for us to be, you know, teammates and allies mm. and friends through this. Like, I want you to have a happy life and I know you want me to have a happy life. So how can we create that together? Yeah. So moving forward, let's be as open as friends are with one another. Like, just because we're having sex with each other and just because we're in this deep, intimate relationship mm -hmm. doesn't mean we're not friends or we shouldn't treat each other. You want the best for them. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, I like that approach. Jealousy is such a fantastic topic. People don't really talk about it that much. They more act it out. But so many people live with it. Mm -hmm. They live with it, and it can be so corrosive. I think it's it probably one of the main thing, emotions that ruined a lot of my life. Jealousy. Yeah. From like everything. Jealousy in relationships mostly, but then jealousy of like comparing myself to other people in my mm -hmm. business or mm -hmm. industry or whatever over the years. Right. And I feel like this is the first time my whole life that I haven't been coming from a jealous, angry, competitive place, but more of just like, I don't know, I just feel peace. How, what did you mm. do to shift that? That's what I'm trying to figure out because I'm telling my guy, <laughs> I've been happen? telling my guy, some of my guy friends who are living with a little bit of jealousy, I'm like, I don't know if it's just because I turned 36 and I've been through mm -hmm. a lot of like dark, painful things that I'm like, just sick and tired of feeling it. 
mm-hmm. like the pain and it's just not worth it anymore. Right. And I'm also able to go to my, I think I'm so confident with myself now that I've developed my, my skills, the value I have in the world. Like I've just built myself into someone that I believe has enough value that I will attract something else if this doesn't work out. A friendship, mm-hmm. a business, an intimate relationship. Like, okay, mm-hmm. if this blows up in my face, right. I can rebuild. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not coming from a scarcity yeah, model. Yeah. You're thinking about abundance. You're focusing on all the things that are. I, yeah. And I used to talk about that stuff, but I, now I really feel it. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just- Something happened. Something happened. I think the breakup had a lot to do with it because I felt peace in a deep way that I've, I felt like a little scared of like, okay, what are the repercussions of what this person's actions are going to be like because mm-hmm. i can't control mm-hmm. this person's actions or reactions to something yeah and that's kind of sucks but right. i just kept saying to myself like god i'm so glad i dodged this like bullet what if i would have had a child what if i would have been married like right. the pain i would have suffered without going through this pain now mm-hmm. right and i was just like at peace with like the la- you know the least amount of pain you know I don't know. Yeah. It's so funny, like thinking about breakups and the thi- I've been married for 19 years, so I haven't had a breakup in a long time, but you end things with friends or business uh-huh. associates. And then you're stuck with this person out in the world who doesn't like you. Who's going to say whatever they want to anyone. Yeah. It's such a With test. no censor. <laughs> no censor. Yeah. You cannot control Can't that. control it. It's just a wild card out there, and it, it so makes you have to look at how much do I care? How good do I feel? What is my baseline self-concept? Yeah. Because you better be strong to have that person out there doing it and be able to tolerate it. Mm-hmm. So I was telling a friend about that who's a shrink. I, maybe I had had something with a friend or somebody I worked with, and they were out in the world unhappy with me. Hmm. And this was – I was younger, and she said – it's a developmental stage of adulthood is to have people out there talking shit about you and you learn to tolerate it. Gosh, that's what I've been going through. Yeah. It's I a feel, muscle. I she feel told like me it's a muscle it's that huge. I was building up. I think this is one of the greatest things for me because I used to be so concerned with what people thought about me. Like I wanted everyone to like me. You know, I was the nice, positive guy that mm-hmm. was always trying to help everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was always like going out of my way to text someone and say, well, How can I support you? How can I help you? And then when I saw, you know, six, seven, eight, ten years of relationship building where I felt like I was contributing to people's lives by offering value or promoting people on my show or yeah. helping them with their book, whatever it is, whatever they would come to me for, right. I would always stop to help people. And then to see people kind of like betray me through the nasty comments that I would see them online or hear about what they said behind my back. After you supported them. After I've supported them for years without them coming to me to ask me about the context of the situation, just assuming what was posted was 100% truth and like I'm this bad guy or whatever. And then just jumping on board the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. That was what was most hurtful for me. Mm -hmm. I felt betrayed by so many friends that I, or fake friends, I guess, that I'd been helping for years and or supporting or liking whatever right and then i got really mad for a couple weeks i was like fuck everybody Mm -hmm. you know i don't want to fucking help anyone anymore Mm -hmm. no one better come back to me and ask me for help in two years when they think i'm gonna forget this stuff because i'm not Mm -hmm. it's like don't come to me when i'm even bigger (laughs) and my audience is even more uh, influential and you have a book or you want help or you want an introduction don't ask no because i remember everything that you said 
And I also got to the point where I was just like, man, I just freed myself of so many relationships that were takers. Takers, oh. And who were judgmental takers that were quick to flip-flop. Yeah. And I just said, great, now I know. And what was powerful was I had like 20, 25 people reach out to me during like this kind of month-long process who were just like, it doesn't even matter what happened, what's true, what's not true. Like, you've been so good to me over the years, I got your back. Like, and I want yeah. you to know I'm here for you. And those are the people I'm gonna remember for my life. That's The ones that actually reached out to me and just said, hey, whether they it's true or not, like I'm here mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. And that was really cool. It showed me like, okay, I've got a core group of people that I really respect and mm -hmm. love and wanna die for. Right. And the rest of the people, you can come, you can go, but I'm not gonna be like just stopping everything in my life to help you all the time anymore. And yeah, they're modeling this thing for you that like, oh, we can tolerate this mm -hmm. person many people i had a, i had a point in my career where like it felt like literally everybody was angry at me everyone mm. was against you right everybody That's the worst feeling. everybody was so mad at me um you know and so on and so forth but it was and probably it, the greatest gift you received i was gonna say about what you're going through it's the greatest i saw thing. the same thing i saw who my friends actually were yeah they modeled for me what it is to say right all this stuff is going on over here, but this is what matters. Yeah, it's we like know who such you a are. Blessing. Yeah, yeah. Because mm -hmm. you really do get to see like who's on my team here. Exactly. Like who yes. who do I really want to be spending my time with? And, what energy yeah. do I want to bring into my and, world? Yeah. yeah. And then when you get through that, you feel weirdly like a superhero. Maybe that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, yeah, I'm not yeah, jealous of shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know because I feel like you. I really shedded my ego in a big way because my I felt like my ego was under attack. My identity my whatever my body of work over the you know mm -hmm. the last seven eight ten years everyone was like oh this guy did this thing so everything is discounted like <laughs> nothing he does mattered God. anymore right. and i'm like what the hell all i've tried to do is help people you know right. and give and so i think i got to a place where i was like man i have to really now not care what people think you're never stronger than when you don't care what people think there are going to be people who give you great feedback mm -hmm. about what they think of you mm -hmm. But you're always, as soon as you become successful, you're going to be surrounded by people who are triggered by your success, are mm -hmm. envious about it. Your success is somehow about them and reflects on them. And I just think it's so powerful. For me, the most powerful thing in my life was to say, I can tolerate that. Mm -hmm. It's like being resilient. It's mm -hmm. the, it is. Yeah. It's like the ultimate resilience, and right? And once you get through on the other side, you're like, man, I feel so confident in myself now because I did make it through this. I yeah. didn't break down and die right yeah you have the proof like yeah. you went through one of the hardest things and here you are and i feel fucking great now yeah, exactly. which means i'm gonna be good exactly and not only did you not break down and die you winnowed your group your peer group your group of supporters so that it's yeah. the real deal the re you found the right people and it's you even stronger the right because you love them and appreciate them even more yeah do you think there's a way, like, without going through a breakup or some sort? <laughs> you can experience that? <laughs> yeah, you can I figure think, out how to maybe wean these people I, out or. That's a good question. I think you should, yeah, maybe there's a positive way of doing it, but I feel like, I don't know. Because they always say, like, you know, suffering does create some of the best blessings and the biggest gifts and, and the most mm. amount of growth. But then it's also, like, it doesn't always have to be hard. Mm. It doesn't always have to be through challenge. Yeah. I'm just wondering if. Yeah, like what lesson we can learn from examples of, 
you know, more extreme examples. I'm writing a book. I'm, I'm writing a book right now about eliminating self doubt because I think that self doubt is the killer of all dreams. Mm, totally. I, I think it's, mm. it comes down to if you doubt yourself or believe in yourself. And, and it it's sounds like from fear, right? And it's really fear of like what other people think, mm -hmm. the emotional fear oh, of other people's opinions, judgment, disapproval, everything. Yeah, yeah, all those things shame, guilt, insecurity. And so when I was a kid, I used to feel so alone and insecure. I think I'm going to talk to you about this a mm -hmm. bunch. I used to feel super alone, insecure, like no one cared about me. I used to go get in trouble, go to the principal's office and just say, I wish I were dead to the principal. Because you had some real trauma. <clears throat> and I remember when I was like uh, a teenager, I couldn't talk to girls. I was terrified to talk to girls. I was like just really insecure of myself. And I remember I was 15 or 16 and I still didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> I remember being like, I'm sick and tired of just being scared to talk to girls, mm -hmm. right? I was just scared. <laughs> Yeah. of rejection, scared of getting made fun of, the embarrassment, whatever it was I was afraid of. And I, th I just thought girls were always laughing at me, right? When I was like, because I was 6'4", when I was like eight years old, I was just like awkward, you know, everything. And so I said, okay, I'm sick and tired of this. And the only way that I know how to get over this is to go talk to a lot of girls oh and God, fail miserably. And so I gave myself a challenge. No one like coached me on this. I was just like, okay, this summer, I'm going to be back in Ohio. I was going to private boarding school and I was like, I'm going to be back in Ohio with my parents. And anytime I go out and I see a girl that gives me like butterflies, I have to go up to her instantly. I can't hum and haw because I used to be like, oh, what am I going to say? Like, you can't give yourself an out. No time. I, if I see a girl, oh, I feel something, whether it's like sexual or butterflies or yeah. cute, I had to go up to her yeah. instantly and right. just figure it out. And I tell you what, this was the greatest thing I did for myself when I was a teenager Ooh. because- I failed miserably the first couple of weeks, right? I had no clue what I was saying. I was stuttering. I was mumbling. Girls would run away from me. Like it was the worst thing you could imagine <laughs> as like a teenage boy. Oh, poor cute little You were just like, I you know. know, think of the worst thing you don't want to happen as like a teenage boy oh. when you talk to, put yourself out there to a girl. Right. It was happening. I can, oh. And I think that's what you have to do. You, you have to put yourself through the worst thing imaginable. Mm. What if we break up and everyone laughs at me and uh, and it doesn't work out and I'm alone. And I think you have to create those experiences. And if you can do it in a container that's more safe, like a challenge for yourself as like as opposed to you went through a breakup and it sucked, you know, but what right. if you could really create a challenge like I did with trying to talk to girls. By the end of the summer, I kid you not, I felt like I was the most confident man in the world because I could just go up and talk to girls at will and have hour-long conversations. I was going up to groups of like 40-year-old women and just having conversations and picking, doing whatever I could. Doing what you just could. Just having fun, just having playing a game with myself, right? You, yeah. I wasn't trying to like take girls home and sleep with them. I didn't have sex while I was 18. Right. It was more the act of like, can I overcome my internal fear and can conversation? Can I do this? Mm -hmm. Can I do this? And it was the greatest thing I gave myself as a teenager because it just made me more confident in life. Yeah. And it made me be able, I could talk to guys, I could talk to adults, I could talk to kids. Like I just made me right. a more confident person by shedding my ego of insecurity and putting myself through a fearful challenge that I didn't want to do. Yeah, right. you were like practicing it. Right. Because so many of these things comes down to like, you can talk about it so no. much. Like you can, you can try to learn to play the piano by just reading the music, yeah, yeah. but you have to sit down in front of the piano and learn to play. That's it. Same with this. It's like yeah. go out there and practice these things that you feel fearful, fearful of. That's it. And I think when people say do the thing that frightens you, do the thing that scares you, we 
we often hear it as we're being admonished. Yeah, you should do the thing that scares you because you're a scaredy cat. But really, do the thing that scares you because after that, you're unstoppable. You say, oh, yeah. wait, that wasn't scary after all. Or I failed I'm and I'm still, oh my God, I failed. And I still have friends. And I'm still and my, yeah. here. And that feeling after you do something that you're afraid of feels so Amazing. good. Amazing. Oh, you know what <sighs> I remember when, we, when we're talking about this? Um, my friend Rachel Simmons wrote a book called Enough As She Is. And Reshma Sanjani also just wrote a book called Something Not Perfect. But they're two books about failing. And they're great books. And one of the things that Rachel Simmons talks about is being in college. So she's like a big, you know, um, thought leader. She does a lot of work with girls, works with them on self-confidence. And she wrote this book in which she starts the book out talking about how she was a Rhodes Scholar and um, she messed up. And she, I think she might have lost her Rhodes Scholarship. She had to go back to her college, and they said to her, we're so ashamed of you. Um, what you did was terrible. And she reframes it and talks about how that failure was really an important moment for her in her life and that we have to teach ourselves. And she talks about how we have to teach our girls to fail and how girls are sort of like indoctrinated into perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And it's killing, but we can talk about for men and women too, but that it's our ideas that we have to be perfect and we can't fail are just stopping us from doing. Hurting us from growing, from achieving, from yeah, living. All the and things we want to do. I had a Sarah Blakely on my show a couple of years ago. She's the founder of Spanx. There's mm -hmm. no Spanx. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, multi-billion dollar brand. God bless. <laughs> fully owned by her, I think, still. And right. um, she said every day when she was growing up at the dinner table, her dad would ask her, what did you fail at today? Every day, she had to share with her father something she tried that she didn't succeed at. Uh -huh. And she said that conversation and that kind of like energy just allowed her the courage when to leave this like nine to five sales job she had for like seven years selling fax machines to be like, okay, I have this calling. I want to go try this thing with like these like toeless leggings or whatever they were right, right. you know this this thing i want to go invent this thing where everyone kept saying no she was like i'm just gonna keep figuring it out like it's okay i'm supposed to fail like i'm not supposed oh, to have it the right. first time it's not supposed to work the first time i do something i gotta mm -hmm. figure it out and be creative right. and keep going keep going and she just kept going until it's yeah. a multi-billion dollar he brand. just totally destigmatized failure for her. Made it like, he rewarded her i'm supposed he rewarded to fail. her yeah. through failing right through her figuring it out yeah Right, and like figuring it out, you're going to fail. Exactly. And I think when you have to say every single day what you failed at, you realize failure is a normal part of life. We should celebrate these failures, do stuff with them, not like bury them in shame. Like, mean, oh my God, yeah. this didn't work out. And I'm it also silly. means you're trying something new. Yeah. You haven't done. So you're like exploring something and you're putting yourself out there. So you had to fail. But you probably got a lot of successes along the way too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a year of failures, there's probably a lot of big successes in there. Yeah. I always tell my kids, you know, who are doing homework or whatever they're doing. And my little one used to get so bent out of shape whenever he got something wrong. And I had to say to him, no, the way you learn stuff is you get the answers wrong. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why aren't I telling myself? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait a second. I was going to be right. Yeah. I need to put that on a t-shirt and look at it all the time because we just try to bury our failures, mm -hmm. and then it's just a big shame pile 
But really, every failure is, oh, okay, that I learned that you don't do it that way. Yeah, well, I think it's also hard because people don't post their failures on social media. They just post the highlights. So we're always right. comparing ourselves and like everyone else is doing it so easily. Right. How come it's so hard for me? Right. Right, we so. don't. We, we curate so we're only showing our successes. And I think that, um, I think Rachel Simmons and Reshma Samjani have both started social media campaigns where they have, they're asking people to post their failures or mm. their mistakes. I like that. I'm I love start yeah. doing, I'm going to start doing that too. Yeah. yeah. Steal it from them. Yeah, you, yeah exactly. I mean, it'll help us all. Yeah. I think that's a great challenge to do. Right. Especially on social media where it's all about putting your best face forward. Mm -hmm. If we, yeah. if Maybe we start doing like the failures of the week, like yeah. share your failures of the week or something. Yeah. That would be great. I like that. There would be a lot of them eventually, hopefully. Even by really successful people yeah. that we admire. I'd like to see some successful people take that risk mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and put themselves out there. And me with um, just my small contribution would just be like showing several pages of text and saying, these all got trashed today because none of them, like I had to start over. I had to start this chapter all over because this chapter was all wrong. Oh, from like writing your book. Yeah, yeah. say, mm -hmm. you know. They even like text message conversations to someone that like, <laughs> I was an asshole here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Delete all these. <laughs> That's what you were saying. Delete, 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 delete. Never That happened. would be so much juicier than yeah, what I just be. said about professional <laughs> failure. Yeah. We were talking with someone about, I don't know why this thought this came up to me, but about like in a relationship or when you end a relationship, blocking that person. And like, what are your mm. thoughts on that? I... For me, I've always wanted to stay friends with my exes. Same. I've always wanted to be like, I'm here to support you, however that looks from afar, just like positive energy or if like you need something, let me know. I've always wanted that. I feel like my exes have never wanted that. And they've all like- Bye. They all, for some reason, Block. it's like I- Delete. I feel like the last few of them, I feel like they've, they've all just like- I think I'm the worst person in the world. And it hurts me to think that because I'm like, gosh, for years with the last few relationships, I'm like, I was giving and helping and offering value as much as I could mm -hmm. and being as loving and genuine and as kind as I could. Am I perfect? No, but it's not like I fucking killed your dog or something. You know, it's not like <laughs> I did something so horrific that, right. and that's the challenge for me. It's like, I right. want to be friends with people. I don't want people to not like me. You know, it's like, I don't think any of us do. So, I, I've wanted to, but I had to block my last few relationships because of the abuse I was getting of right. the like constant texting of like, you asshole this, you like constant verbal abuse over mm -hmm. text, over social media. So I'm just like, and for a while I would take and be like, I'm sorry, you're right. I want the best for you. Like in the last couple of relationships, I just said, I'm sorry, you're right. I want the best for you over and over again. So many times that it's like, I don't know how many more times I can say it. Yeah, right. and you don't need to stand there while someone verbally abuses you exactly. for something that happened in the past. Like, look, our exactly. relationship ended. It didn't work. So now, let's how do move we? On. Right. How do I've, we move forward in like a cordial, supportive way? And if we I can't, wish. then let's just that's what I wish. Stop. I've I've taken ownership for everything in all my relationships, which is never fun to do. No, no, it's not. It's not fun to take. It's so not much take more fun to blame the other person. Yes. It's not fun to take ownership. It's, it's and actually easier to blame the other person. So, hell yeah, because you don't. No one wants to look at themselves and say, "Oh, I am what could I have dick. done differently?" Yeah. Or, mm. man, that was kind of like that wasn't the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. 
And I took ownership and responsibility in my previous relationships because they all wanted to scream at me afterwards for hours about how bad I was. And I said, you know what? Let me take ownership and responsibility and this is gonna hurt and suck. And the challenging thing is my last couple of relationships, neither of the women said, you know what? After screaming at me for nine hours or whatever and taking this, they never said, you know what? But there's two of us here and I take responsibility for this, this, and this. Never did I get that mm. in my past couple of relationships. That is so huge. Not once did they say, I, I see there's two parts in this and I take ownership in my part. Whether they wanted to admit certain things or not, but just like say, you know what? I take responsibility as why. Well. Never got that. This is, it's a co-created relationship. It it's not one yeah. person in the relationship that's only doing it. And if one person is in doing, let's say what there is a horrible person in the relationship and you're just not doing anything, right? But then why are you staying why stay in, in the relationship? Get out of the relationship. This is co-created. That's your responsibility. Exactly. Yeah, you gotta totally. take, and I think some people don't want to take ownership that they uh, didn't get out of it or something. Right, they're like mad at themselves that they stayed in a relationship that he didn't really want to be in anyway. My, my previous couple relationships, a lot of the times, like we would talk, like, should we be together? You know, both my last relationship was like, should we even be together? Like, it's not really working for us. It doesn't feel like we're a good match. Mm. Maybe we should split up. Right. Like, it, it would be constant conversations. You're of having like, the conversation all the time, like every month. Uh huh. And I take ownership and responsibility for not ending it sooner when we probably should have. Mm -hmm. But it's also two people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like when both of the people are having that conversation, right. they also get to say, yeah, you're right. Maybe we should have ended it sooner. Right. I mean, the breakup, there's an art to the breakup, right? Who knows Such how to break up? Who? I don't know how to break up with someone. I don't think anybody knows how to break up. I don't think anybody knows how to. <laughs> and I think it's a skill that people need to develop. Clearly, nobody's You should write a it. next book on the art of the breakup. Seriously. The, the breakup. Is there a book about breaking up? There must be. I think people would read that But like we crazy. need, you know, I think it would help people like. How to break up. Well, there's conscious uncoupling. There's right. conscious, yeah. Which is, I wanted to do that, mm -hmm. but no. You can only do as much as you can do. The you other can do what you can do, right? I mean, we've been talking about having like, it's like conscious uncoupling. And mm -hmm. so it's like, you know how you get together and you have like the process of getting together and there's a process right? conscious of breaking coupling up. And yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we were in this relationship and there was a For lot years. of beautiful, great times, right? There was a lot of pain too, but we both grew. And it's like almost having a ceremony to kind of like, Close it. Close. Have the closing of it. Yeah. I and can marking tell the closure. You, yeah. And I mean, be loving in that ceremony as opposed to hating each other. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, we're humans. We're all trying to do our best that we can possibly do anyway. Like, we're not going to be perfect. Yeah. We're always going to fuck up. Yeah. And it's just like in that moment, that was probably the best that we could do. Yeah. For and where you're for both, both at in us. your life. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I wish that there should be like a I ceremony think, yeah. process in every relationship. There should be mm -hmm. a roadmap and there should be a ceremony. We need So that people ceremonies. actually get closure too because most yeah. relationships keep kind of extending. You yeah. Know? It's like this gray. Right, right. Maybe we'll get back together. It's Right. Yeah, it would help people to have a ceremony or a ritual. So. And, you know, you it would also- it. You like yeah. put it in the ground. Put, and put, put some- Put a coffin on Burn it. it. <laughs> Burn it with the incense, so it's like a beautiful ceremony, not I'm like, like a, an explosion. Yeah, right. Boom. With TNT. <laughs> but why can't we end relationships with more beauty and grace? Yeah, and like I'm yeah. not saying I'm perfect at it either, but it's like no one have a tribute, have the breakup be a tribute to what you want. I can tell you that I've been married for 19 years, 
And if my husband and I were to divorce, it would be so intolerable to just like snap like that. We can't because we have children. But I've seen so many people have very long relationships and then cut. It's over. There's a lot of bitterness. There's no talking. We have a very That's weird. So even the After term 20 break, years of yeah, being yeah. together, how do you just stop talking with one another? And think about the term breakup. It's like, I think, first of all, we need a new word because the word breakup is like catastrophic. Yeah. Uncoupling is and good. And it's like over. Yeah. yeah. Broken. Also, like, tra- we call it transitioning the relationship. Well, it's like transitioning yeah. into something to else. To another phase. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the intimate. Right. Maybe the sexual part is out of it. Maybe the exclusivity is out of it, but it is just transitioning it into a different phase and and a different container. Yeah. You know, people make fun of the term um, conscious uncoupling, but I think one of the reasons, I think it's great. And, and one of the reasons that people make fun of it is we're so invested in this idea that like you're in or you're out. The drama. We're together or we're, we're not apart. Together. I love you yeah. or I hate you. I love you. <laughs> I hate you. But why? Break up. It's very violent. Yeah. And I'm not why surprised that? that it's sort of like people have all these feelings in the relationship and the breakup is almost like the violence of that language is almost giving people permission to act out and yell. And of course, go ahead. I mean, of course, people are going to have big, huge, massive feelings, but it's almost like the language we use about it is encouraging people to like denigrate and be furious and not make repairs. Mm -hmm. I I wish we had a term that was more about Mm -hmm. instead of break up, could we get the whole idea of, yeah, yeah, and repairing, getting some Gentle, reparative yeah. work in Healing. there. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it's also because of our contempt of failure in our culture. Like we hate failure in our culture. Well, I think we also want to make the other person wrong because it didn't work out because of them. So mm-hmm. they ruined this right. beautiful thing we had. It's their fault. Mm-hmm. Screw them. It's not my fault. Right. It's them. So I'm angry at them and I'm going to tell the world about that. Right. No one wants to take that like, I don't know, co-creation side of things. They want to be like, I have to break up because this person didn't do what I expected them to do. Right. Okay, so then why were you in the relationship? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) No? You know what I always try to, um, every day I get up and I read Pema Chodron. I make myself read Pema Chodron instead of looking at my phone. It's powerful. Um, And she's so great and accessible. I read the pocket Pema Chodron and it's like a tiny page like this, right? And maybe I read a few of them. And I'm not that good at retaining it. And I have been reading it again and again and again, probably for like three years, Mm -hmm. starting when I felt like everybody in the world hated me for a while. And it was so helpful. But one of the things um, that I've loved and come back to over and over that one of the lessons of Buddhism is to look at your responses to things and to have a friendly compassionate Mm. response to your own feelings and reactions. And you're modeling, when you're friendly about and curious and compassionate about your own feelings, oh, right now I'm just like feeling super angry at my spouse, or right now I'm just feeling really low. Um, That's curious, I wonder why. You're more likely to be curious and compassionate about other people or to when they're having that response, you've been curious and compassionate about your own response. Then when they have it, you understand. Yeah, mm-hmm. More more Buddhism for breakups. Absolutely. Maybe. It's the only thing I It's can hard do. to have compassion when you're feeling like you're in a lot of pain too, or feeling like someone wronged you or whatever. Yeah. It's probably hard to like step out and be like, okay, let me have compassion for the other person who I felt like just ruined my life or whatever. Right. That's but the that's challenge. the next level of like wisdom is just not allowing things to consume your energy 
And if you can react in a more yeah. neutral way, I'm not saying you should suppress all your anger. Like I think there's a place and time for like being angry, but then not holding on to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, get it out and move on. Right. Process, but don't hold on to it for days, weeks, months, years. Because right. probably some people you know who have been broken up for years and still hold on to this resentment from this breakup. Oh, it's such mm-hmm. a prison sentence. And then right? it shows resentment. up in all of your other yeah. relationships. Absolutely. It's not like you get over it. That sits there and it festers there and its little head rears up in the middle of your next relationship. Yeah. Right. And you repeat the pattern. Right. And I think, you know, when we're talking about likability and how hard it is to be disliked, I mean, I'm think when you're on the receiving end, I, again, fat, now I suddenly just cannot stand the word breakup because <laughs> of how it gives people permission to be horrible yeah. and makes them feel like failures. And it but, makes them feel empowered to like spread hate. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we broke up. Like that person, I broke that person mm-hmm. off. I can really be, really be horrible to them. But, um, and- I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Three years ago. like The yeah, breakup really got breakup you. Board. The breakup when I started thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, why do people think they should be horrible to, to someone else that they've been with for oh, years? Like okay. 20 years and now it's like they hold on this resentment for. Back to the breakup thing. Mm-hmm. I think that when you break up with the person and there is a horrible blowback, it's because they feel that what you're saying to them is you're a failure mm-hmm. rather than. This isn't working. It's so hard not to feel drawn in and blamed when somebody wants to end a relationship. Yeah. Also, do what you did think- I do? I didn't do anything yeah, yeah. wrong. Yeah, it just wasn't the right fit or the right match. Right, and that's the right okay. timing, and that's okay. Right. We make people endings, don't want to fail yeah. it. They like try to make it work. I tried. I tried to make it work for years in my last relationship, even right. though I knew it wasn't the right fit. And we talked about it. I was like. Uh, but I don't want to fail this. I don't want to fail. I don't this. want to fail this. And and every relationship's got problems. Let me try to make this work. Let me go everywhere and anywhere. Let's go to therapy for months. Let's try this. Let's try this. But it really just wasn't working. You knew before you. Did I knew for things. years. Yeah, and I tried yeah. to make it work, and like allowed myself to suffer emotionally. Right. Because it wasn't working. Do you think there's ever a point to where you know if you're in a relationship, and it's like okay, I need to either transition the relationship or stay in it? Like, how do you know if you're staying in it too long and trying and trying and trying, or if it's just time to transition mm-hmm. out? Because that's a question that I get all the time. You, Your clients mm-hmm. want to know that, right? Mm-hmm. I wish there was like a moment. Right. I think there was a moment every day I would think like, this isn't working. There's like a but deep I just, knowing. But I just didn't trust the like, mm. it's time to end it. I was like, okay, let's try for another six months. Mm-hmm. Let me try this strategy mm-hmm. and this thing because I don't want it to just end. What if I'm? What if I need to do something differently? What if we need to change together? So I kept being like, let's keep working it. Let's make it work. And I think we were both afraid to lose each other too. Mm. Like I would in most of my relationships, I'd be afraid to like, what if I don't find something as good as this? What if mm. they're not as nice as this person or whatever? And I think there would be fear on my end of ending it because I wasn't confident enough that I would find someone incredible afterwards. So I think there was a little bit of insecurity and fear. And then when I yeah. broke, transitioned, uh, <laughs> when I transitioned and tried, to con- <laughs> and tried to consciously uncouple, I just felt like so much peace. I was like, I'm going to attract the most incredible woman of my dreams. I just kept saying that. I was like, now I'm free and I can attract the woman of my dreams. And I manifested it, and it's yeah. been unbelievable since. But I think it's the fear that I had in every relationship in my past is like, what if I'm going to be alone? What if I'm not going to find someone as good? What if you know this right. isn't out there? What if maybe yeah. I'm not happy with all these things that are happening, but I can deal with it because I've got this in the relationship? Right. Justifying a lot. 
Right. Justifying a lot. Being, it's interesting what you say about, you know, when you end something, it's a, there's this feeling that I've failed, right? We just want this linear narrative. We find the person, we couple with the person, we're with the person forever, and anything that deviates from that is a terrible failure. I kept, yeah, and I kept thinking to myself, like, one of the things that I said, and maybe this is like the competitive person in me, I was like, I want to make sure I go everywhere and anywhere so I don't think and have any regrets when it's completed. Like when this is over, like I want to know that I tried everything if it doesn't work out. Right. At least I tried everything, every therapy, every consultant, every coach, every I listened to every request she made of me and I changed who I was multiple times over and over and I went everywhere and I know it didn't work. So for me, it's like I feel complete in the sense of like, okay, but I don't think I had to go through that much suffering. I think I could have just said, oh, let me trust my heart. I was going to say. And ended two years prior. Right. And not have to suffer. You and know? maybe part of that was also like knowing that after you broke up, there would be a person out there who didn't like you. That's like a scary thing. Oh, I think yeah. That pe- Am I going to lose all of her? All of her friends are going to now hate me if we're not together. All of her family is going to hate me. All, you know, all this stuff. Right. The fear. Right. But it's almost like you need to create. I needed to create that. I need to create that in every area of my life. Anything I'm afraid of, I just want to like get it done with. Like kill my emotional ego and just move on. Do you on. have any other things? <sighs> I'm trying to think of it right now because I feel pretty good. <laughs> I feel pretty <laughs> yeah. at peace. You're like, I've I'm suffered just, enough. I'm just not afraid of what people are going to say. I think it, I honestly feel like this experience, I kept saying to myself, I'm having hindsight now because it was one of the hardest emotional attacks to see all my fake friends kind of betray me. Mm. And I, I kept, I was not really hurt by my ex. What she was saying, although I was like, man, this is a lie. But I was like, heard that people believed it without coming to me and talking to me and being like, hey, how are you feeling? Yeah. Like, I, don't, I feel like very few people were just like yeah, reached how are out. you doing? Like, how are you feeling? Like, is it, I don't even care if this is true or right. not. But how are you feeling? Not many people did that. You need people around you who do that. Yeah. And I feel like I was just giving to people. And so what I think, I can't remember what I was saying with this. Well, you were saying that you like wondering if there's any more fears that you wanted to. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I've just killed my ego where I just feel like I only really need a couple of good friends in my life. Yeah. That's great. I felt like I wanted to have like everyone liking me, but I'm just, oh, that's what I was thinking. I kept saying to myself during this experience when like more and more people would message me or her friends were sending me death threats and stuff. It was just like silly, right? Like the stuff that you thought like never should happen. I was like, like, this is stupid drama that's created. (laughs) I was like, you guys are freaking immature children that don't know what's happening. Listen, if you're, if a friend of yours or a family is going through a breakup, do not send death threats. You are not a part of that relationship. Exactly. But I knew she was, uh, my ex was like motivating people because I was getting messages from some women that were in like, group text messages from her for like 20 influencers saying like, you need to shame him publicly. You need to do this. If you follow him, I'm going to not talk to you. Like shaming women unless they were shaming me. And I was hearing this. What kind of cycle is that? Well, I was just like, this is sad. I was just really, I was was hearing this and I was like, okay. And when I got to, gosh, what was I going to say? I had something. Oh, I kept saying to myself, like, this is happening for a much bigger reason than just now. Mm. Like, this is going to serve me in three years, five years, 10 years when real shit hits the fan in the world. And I have to deal with it. And I'm going to have the emotional courage, the experience to know how to, like, stand up and communicate in a setting in the time or world or a family member or something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have the peace. I'm going to be calm. 
because I'm going to be able to handle whatever pressure comes my way. Whatever attacks come my way, right. I can handle it. Yeah. As opposed to being afraid of like, you know, what are and, people going to yeah. think of me if I say this, you know? And attacks that go to your very core issue, core, my which is Insecurities being as a right. child of like being alone all the time and mm -hmm. being molested and abused and yes. constantly bullied, like all those fears. Right. It's like I need to live those every day, practice it so that it doesn't consume me. That is such a beautiful message. Like we had Jason Ellis recently and he talked about his molestation oh, and yeah. his abuse and like how he's really kind of opened up and has been now he feels free. It's amazing. Through all of that experience. And you're also a person who openly talks about that. And yeah. that is thank you for yeah. that. And like. It's just beautiful because I know so many people are being inspired by that and you going through all of that and then going through these, you know, challenging situations with the breaks up, breakups and wondering what's going to happen and standing here being like, I feel better today than I ever have. Feels amazing. So how cool to know that if for anyone listening or any of us here, like we can go through the shittiest of yeah, the shit yeah, yeah. and you can come out on the other side like feeling more free and more yourself and yeah. more in tune with yourself than ever before. I think what worked is, you know, having six, eight years of practicing and talking to people like yourselves and like learning. I was like, okay, shoot a thing to the fan. Now I get to apply everything I've learned <laughs> from these experts from my show, right? <laughs> right? Right. So I kept just saying like, this is happening for me. This is happening for me. Like every moment right. where I felt under emotional attack, where I was like, the world is closing in on me. I was just like, this is happening for me. You know what they say, it's so easy to be your best self when everything's going well. Yeah, when but, you're succeeding in everything. Mm -hmm. Who are you when the shit hits the fan yeah. and people are going after you in ways that go to your deepest fears? Yeah. That's who you are. The way you show up then when you're under attack says a lot about you. Right. It says yeah. a lot and, and it says a lot about the people around you who come to you. Yeah, or judge you or don't, yeah. Right. Come to you and or don't come And also the people, this is something too to think about is when you're going through a transition of the relationship or a breakup, whatever you want to call it, or you're in a challenging situation, but particularly a breakup, who are you going to? Like if you are in pain and you reach out to someone to just bond with you over your pain. Who's going to share more hate with you Right, pain, exactly. Or are you really trying to heal? Like find somebody with a different perspective. Find somebody who wants you to be like, hey, this is happening for you. And let's figure out what lessons are coming from this instead of sitting there and talking crap about your ex and what could have done he could have done, done differently, differently. What he did to hurt you or this and that. Right. Yeah. Because that just like perpetuates the cycle and you'll be stuck in the breakup and you won't be able to heal it and you won't see the positivity or any of the lessons mm -hmm. that you gained from that beautiful relationship yeah. into the future. Well, I think even if someone like beat you and raped you and you know killed your cat every day, whatever it is, even if someone was so malicious and horrible to you over the years and you were uh, you stayed in it for whatever reason, and you have the right, let's say, to be angry at that person. You holding on to the anger for any long period of time is only hurting you. Yeah, it's not punishing him at all, or her, or whoever it's it was. It's hurting you. You're a prisoner to that emotional story you're telling yourself, to the experiences. Right. You're a prisoner. Like you were saying, it's just like you're in a prison. So I think just set yourself free by, like there's gonna be pain. It's a natural to mm -hmm. grieve or process how yes. you need to. But I think, you got to start having co positive conversations as soon as possible. Like, give yourself time to heal. Mm -hmm. Like, I know you're going through stuff right now, too. And it's like, maybe it's going to take some months. I don't know. And I'm not trying to judge anyone's timeline of how long. But being negative about it is only hurting you. Right. It might feel good in a moment to bond with a friend who's like, yeah, take him down. Right. <laughs> Let's make Fuck him feel him. pain. Bah. Screw him. Let's try to screw his life. But it's like, how is that going to serve you and your mission in the world? Right. It, it doesn't. 
it doesn't like, serve yeah it doesn't serve you helping people mm-hmm. you become an ugly person you look uglier when you spew hate towards someone else and it it harms you i mean this, it hurts this, you emotionally, is a, right? this is another like anecdote from buddhism which is when you pick up hot coals and throw them at your enemy if it happens to hurt hit your enemy your enemy will be harmed but what is certain is that you will damage your own hands that's right a great analogy right? and i mean that's, that's a great analogy that's how resentment harms it's really deeply harmful it burns yeah so I think if you feel like you're really angry in a situation from a transitioning relationship, I think what you're saying, Wit, is find positive people who have been through an experience like this that you can model and have positive conversations with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Talk journal, about the lessons. Journal the hatred and then like burn it and bury it. That's yeah. what I was doing. I was like doing ceremonies myself because mm. my ex wouldn't do ceremonies with me. That I was like journaling the things I hated about her, journaling the things that I loved about her, mm. and then journaling what I was grateful for. That was and your this, own ritual. It was my own ritual. Because I was like, I'm not going to get the a normal conversation with this person right. who's just spewing hate and attacking me emotionally and verbally and everything. So I'm going to do this myself right. because I'm not going to be able to have a mutual loving you know uncoupling it's not so always possible i was just journaling all the things i was mad at and frustrated with because i think there is a process in processing that sure and not just stuffing it what you're angry yep. about like you should say these things in the right setting or form mm-hmm. right and so yep. for me that was journaling but i was like here's everything i love about this person here's everything i'm grateful for all the lessons and then no one saw it i lit it on fire i buried a hole and i and I put it in the hole and I just like had some moments. That's beautiful. It's a despacho ceremony is what, is what is they it? call it. Or you can also do it traditionally. They either burn it or they put it into a river and you watch yeah, it go it down go. the river because then you're actually watching it burn. You're watching it go down the river, which means it's like leaving you and like, you know, right. it's spiritually yeah. going out into the universe. And this is something that you can do on your own with or in your relationships. It's like write down what you want to call in and write down yeah. what you want to like transition or what you want to learn and grow from and burn it and like ha- and it. really feel that and put the intention behind that. And it may not like resolve in that moment. You may still feel no. anger, but I think sure. you need to continue to either go to therapy or continue journaling or continue having one conversation with someone who's like a safe person, not someone who's going to feed into negativity. Right. Because that's not going to support you. And it's not going to support your next relationship if you want to have love. Mm. You can't come from a hatred place to attract powerful love, I don't think. No, you can't. There's no way. It's challenging. You'll just repeat it. You will. It'll just show up. Maybe it'll happen two years down the road. Maybe you won't. You know, you'll be in love for a while. Right. But how annoying. Like, (laughs) you know, like you go through this process and you have all of this anger and you stuff it and you don't deal with it. And then you're like, yay, new love. And the moment there's some sort of trigger. Trigger, you go back. Or, yeah, anger, anything, poof, it's right back. Why not just heal it and go through the process of journaling or talking to a coach or going to a therapist and just letting this free? Yeah. Letting yourself free. I feel like I'm responsible for this in the past because – my 20s i would be holding on to anger for a long time from from transitioning relationships and um i had no clue how to do it you know i'd be angry i'd talk about all the things i didn't like and so i'm just as guilty as this oh i mean i i've for sure have done it yeah absolutely but it's just like bringing that into awareness no one's taught these things right no No, we're not taught in school there's no no, there are no rituals there's no education there's no etiquette book man 
I was taught nothing. They don't teach you sex in school. They don't teach you how to deal with failure. They don't teach you how to deal with like, transitioning relationships. It's not what no. we're calling these. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no more breakups. No yeah, more exactly. breakups. Okay, you know how when you go on Lewis's podcast, he makes you at the end cry. No, cry. <laughs> no, Ready? he asked Should we all you, cry together? He asked me a question. He said you have to yep. say three things. I can't remember what three it was. Truths. Three truths. Three truths. Okay, yeah. yeah. But let's do something different. Because cool. we're talking about dealing with being disliked, ending mm -hmm. things. What's your greatest failure? <sighs> hmm. Well, I, I always look at failure as feedback for me. So I don't really consider it like a failure. I'm like, this was the information I needed to get to the next step in my life. Yeah. So I don't really know if there was a great failure. I probably haven't had my biggest failure yet. Because mm. I probably, I'm probably not putting myself out there enough. It's something to look for, forward for where, to. To where to be like a big enough failure for me. Yeah. Right. I think I've had a lot of... Um, I think I've taken a lot of action through, you know, Wit has done a lot of sports and, and still does. It's mm -hmm. like you fail every day. You're falling down every day on the wakeboard or whatever it is you're doing. Like you're constantly failing. But you know, I never look at it as failure. I'm just like, okay, I didn't catch the ball. What do I need to do differently to like make sure I catch it? Yeah, what did I learn? That's it. So I think I just look at it all as like, okay, this relationship didn't work out the way we both envisioned it to. Whether it was supposed to be together long term and it didn't, uh, transition the way we wanted it to. So I, I look at that and I say, okay, what could I have done? How could I take full ownership and responsibility moving forward so that if a relationship's not gonna work out, how can I have more emotional courage to really say what's on my heart and end things sooner? Or how can I, if I wanna transition a relationship in the, past, in the future, what can I do to make sure that I've done everything on my end to come from as much love and peace to give myself a better situation. But we can't control how other people react to your actions. We can't. No matter how much we try to set up a peaceful, loving situation, how much good we do, someone could always look at us as bad and wrong. Mm -hmm. Always. Doesn't matter how intentional we are, how we communicate, like we can only do our best and hope that someone receives it, so. And with that, like like you said, we can't control. We don't have control. So it's like just put your hands up and just be surrender. like surrender and take the pressure off yourself to try to have to control a situation because you can't. So just relax and just let it let it be. Yeah. People are gonna do what they wanna do. And and I think when you're in a situation where it's uncomfortable and you don't wanna be in that. I think we just need to reframe our mind and say, this is happening for me. Where can I grow from this? Like, this is horrible, but how can I make the best out of this? And for a person who feels like it's a catastrophe to be disliked, and I think this affects women a lot. A lot of women are just in a place in their lives where they're afraid to ask for more money, to end a relationship, to begin a relationship, to say what's on their mind because they're afraid of being disliked. You just like walked over the hot coals of mm. the experience of being disliked. What's your final word for the person who's saying or living a life the way they're living it because they're afraid of being disliked? They're afraid disliked. of being disliked? Oh my gosh. I just think like you said, it's a prison to always be scared of what other people think about you. It's like a... You're just trapped. You think you're free, but you're not. And so I think once you get over caring, true, and I think a lot of people say, I don't care what people think. 
those are the ones that really care the most usually. It's like, I don't really care what this person thinks about me. It's like this intention, you know, like right. the energy behind them saying that. I'm like, okay, but you kind of do. So I don't know. I just know that there's so much. I've never had this much peace emotionally where I'm not jealous. I'm not insecure. And I don't know. Maybe it'll come up in six months or a year or something. But in this moment, I feel at peace because I just know in my heart everything will be okay. Like Whitney said, like I've surrendered that I cannot control anyone's opinions on me. No one, my family, my friends, no one's opinions. And all I can do is control the way I show up and how I treat people. And knowing at the end of the night, I can sleep well knowing I did my best. I treated people with respect, kindly. You know, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, but it's like I do my best with what I have. And I think I sleep at night so well now because I know I do my best. Ah, I love it. It's a beautiful place to end. It really is. And I know we're wrapping up, but I do want to know what's going like on in your life other than amazing love life and everything. Like yeah. what's happening? What are you excited about? I met the woman of my dreams that I'm excited about. And I've always been afraid to say like, you know, that I'm committed in something. I've always been afraid in relationships to like talk about it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we, you know, I'm, I'm telling my friends and stuff like that, but I'm, we haven't like announced publicly or something, but we probably will here soon. And I'm I'm just grateful to to meet someone who's like a match because I've never felt that, and I take full ownership of responsibility because I've I realized after my last breakup that there are three things in common I had with every girlfriend I'd been with before. Did I talk about this with you? I can't, I can't remember. remember. So I had this moment of. Do we need to wrap up? Should no, I no, no, oh, no, come on. I had this us. I had this moment <clears throat> where I was reflecting because I was like, man, everyone hates me. Because that's the way it felt, right? I was like, everyone's against me. Everyone's betraying me. Everyone's turning their back on me. And I was like, okay, how can I take full ownership and responsibility of the situation? And really, let me let me think of every girlfriend I've been with since I was 18, right? Or 17, whatever it was. And I looked back. I go, okay, that girl and that girl. I was like, what do they all have in common? Because the common denominator of all of us not working out is me, right? So <clears throat> I'm the reason we all didn't work out because I'm at the, the center of all the breakups of the transitions. So what is it that I need to look at that I chose these women? What do they have in common? Mm -hmm. And I realized there was three things at the end of the day. There's probably Do more. Tell. Oh my God, this is so delicious. This I was, know, this I'm on was, the edge of my seat. <laughs> this was crazy for me when I, I go, <gasps> I literally gasped when I realized like what, <laughs> what this was. And I was like, and I am fully responsible for choosing these women. For choosing. My responsibility. They had... In my perspective, they were all beautiful. Like I was sexually attracted, I thought they were physically beautiful. And they had an energy that was beautiful to me. That was number one. Number two, they all had some type of like talent or gift or skill that I was like, ooh, that's a cool thing. Like I can play with that thing, that's interesting, I can learn from you in there. What are some examples? Like one was a singer, one was a dancer, okay. one was a doctor. One, you know, it's like these little yeah, things yeah. that like I didn't do. Mm -hmm. So they right. were interesting and different. One was a painter, one was a right. photographer. And like I was teachers like, almost. They were in their own way. Like they had a skill set and I could learn from them about something. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't do that thing. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And I respected it. Right. I was like, mm -hmm. it's really cool. Your talent. So I thought they were beautiful. They had a talent. And this is the third thing. They may not agree with this, but... <laughs> I know the truth. <laughs> the third thing is all these women didn't believe they were beautiful and didn't believe they were talented. Oh. oh. 
And I would say like, if I had to give that like a scale, like a 10 being like, they were super confident, secure, believed in themselves. And like a 10 being yes. And, and a one being like a zero confidence. They were below a three. Wow. Like all of them. You chose and that I was, over and over. And I didn't realize this until a few months ago because I would see them and I was like, you're so freaking beautiful. You're so talented. How do you not see it? I would see the masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And then they had, they were like, no, I'm not beautiful. No, I never look good. I'm always, uh, this doesn't look good on me. No, I don't look good. Uh, they couldn't take a compliment mm-hmm. ever. I was like, God, you're so beautiful. They're like, no, don't say that. Don't say it. Like, I'm not, I'm not. They were just constantly negative self-talk mm-hmm. and didn't believe it. Some less and more than others, but it was like all had that same pattern. And I was just like, no, I'm going to show you how beautiful and talented you are. Like, uh-huh. I'm going to be the guy that, supports you that elevates you that puts you up on stages that promotes you that makes sure that you are confident and sees your beauty and sees your talent because you deserve that you're the masterpiece and i think that was my responsibility of being like okay what was in me that needed to like kind of help push someone to see that in themselves or not be with somebody who thought of herself as an equal partner to you exactly maybe i was afraid of that or something or i didn't feel like i deserve someone who was a match who was like an equal partner I don't know. I was just kind of unpacking all this. Wow. And so I said to myself, I had a little gasp when I was like reflecting on this because I was feeling alone, like the world was against me in a moment. And I was like, what is the theme? And that was for me, I'm sure there's other things in common they all had. And I said to myself, the next person I'm going to be with, I've made a conscious decision. I was like, this woman is going to be so independent because none of them could afford anything on their own before, right? All the past girlfriends. When I first met them, they didn't have any money, right? So they all needed me to support them. I felt like I could add value financially as well, mm-hmm. right? Emotionally, financially, like all these things. Mm-hmm. And I said, this person's going to have, you know, so much of her own money that she earned on her own. She's going to be, you know, bigger than me, you know, mm-hmm. more well-known than me because mm-hmm. I was always more well-known than everyone else. So I didn't want to be with someone who was like, oh, he's got this like audience or thing or whatever. I wanted someone who was like, I don't need that. Yeah, whatever. I've got yeah. I've got money. I've got audience. I'm doing shit. Like, I don't need you for those things. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing. I'm choosing. And I was like, this person's got to have all these things. And she's got to be so confident and secure in herself. Mm-hmm. She's got to, but humble and gracious and grateful at the same time. Not like I'm a badass bitch. Like I'm sexy. I'm hot. And I know it. But like. Just like elegant. Like, yeah. Well, steady. Like, she knows herself, knows herself, which makes her confident. Knows herself. And I met the fucking my dream girl, like, who has all those things. <laughs> she has all those things. And I think it's because there's nothing to fix. There's nothing to elevate. There's not. It's only like, let's support each other. And we both understand. We're both on the same page. It's not trying to convince someone about something or not someone to try to teach someone about what I'm. my dream is. And my, like, she gets it. She's doing her thing. I get her, so we're not insecure or jealous. It's like weird. But it's not just about her. It's about yeah. you. You decided to choose somebody that someone, you didn't yeah. feel like you had to fix. Exactly. You mm-hmm. decided to be with somebody who is here with A you. A match. And it's funny, I was talking to Jay Shetty, a friend of mine. He was like, this is why back in like thousands of years ago, you would marry um, – what it like status? I can't remember what he said. It wasn't mm. like status, but like mm-hmm. a prince wouldn't marry someone who was like right. living in the farm. Commoner. No, yeah, you, right. you married like your class. Is mm-hmm. what he said. Right, right. Because you then understood where you were coming from. It yeah. wasn't trying to educate someone or bring someone up to a belief system that you had. Right. 
you were marrying the same level of class of where you're both at at a certain time. And so, I don't know, for me, it was very eye-opening to go through this because I felt like, okay, I learned a huge lesson of like that I was fully responsible for every transitioning relationship because I chose these relationships for a certain reason to feel validated or feel worthy or feel whatever I needed to feel. Or strong, like you're the one lifting yeah, the person exactly. up. Mm -hmm. But it was very exhausting. After like six to nine months, it would always get exhausting for me. Because I was like, these women are never getting above a five in belief or confidence in themselves. Mm. It's like they never were able to get there. So I was like failing it because I couldn't help them get to like an eight or a nine or a 10. And right. you were just, in, you were you were stuck in a repetition. I was always stuck. Because I was like, damn, there's a beautiful, talented girl that doesn't even see that she's talented. Jackpot. You know, Ooh, I was like. Project. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah like, I love to help amazing. people. Come yeah. here, you. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's so incredible that you took an inventory of yourself and said, what am I doing? And figured that pattern out. Because then look what happened. You broke I, I don't the pattern. Wanna, well, I think I went through, it was a four and a half year relationship, on and off, therapy, talking about breaking up all the time. But it was just like suffering. You know, there was a there was love and there was mm -hmm. great moments and I, I want to focus on those moments. But it was, I felt like my heart was being like stepped on every single day. And my someone was strangling my throat for two years, and I was mm. just like, I don't want to feel that ever again. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it's right. her fault. I'm taking ownership and responsibility because I stayed in the relationship. So I was just like, okay, I never want to feel this, and I want to, I don't want to keep repeating this for another ten years and be a fifty year old man. It's like. Choosing these women. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, trap. There's because nothing wrong with her or any of these past relationships. It's just we weren't the right match. Mm -hmm. So I'm not trying to make anyone wrong or make me right. better than or whatever. Just what are our visions and, and do we match? And that's it. So I want the best for all my, my previous relationships. Yeah. I hope they're all happy. I hope they are too. And I hope yeah. you and your relationship continue to be exactly. this magical, yeah, awesome yeah, exactly. experience. Yeah best thing and that you keep seeing your patterns and yeah, disrupting in the relationship them too, and, and inspiring yeah. the rest of us to exactly, do it. Yeah. Thank you for that. Of course. So, Lewis, I'm sure everyone already knows, but where can they find you? At Lewis House, everywhere, and School of Greatness podcast. And you have a summit coming up. Yes, summitofgreatness.com. Check it out. It'll be in Columbus, Ohio in September. Cool. Yeah, you can see the speakers we have there. Come say hi. Awesome. And is it too early to talk about the next book? Uh, I haven't sold it yet, so I'm still working on the proposal, but it's all about eliminating self-doubt. Ooh, That's going to be so good. Can't wait. I can't wait to yeah. read it because I got my own <laughs> self-doubt. Me tell too. You yeah, and I write everything. I create and write everything for myself. Yeah. So I create the books, the, the events, the podcast, because I want to grow in that area of my life. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to read it and can't wait to Thank see you. what you do next. Thank yeah. you. Thank Appreciate you, it. Lewis. Thanks, ladies. Appreciate it's great it. to see you. Thank you.